0: All right. Did you know that you are the oldest person that I've ever had on this podcast? Wow. Right? Welcome to another episode of Paris, Texas, a podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar National Bank. I want to thank those guys so much for sponsoring this podcast and let's get this started. Patsy Davis, welcome to Paris, Texas, a podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Broadway. I am very glad to be here.
0: Okay, so I start the beginning of the podcast in the same place every single time. Where were you born?
1: I was born in Baylor Hospital in Dallas, Texas. Awesome. In 1931.
0: Okay, 1931. Wow. Okay, so how long were you in uh, uh, Dallas, Texas? Uh,
1: 14 years.
0: 14 years. So, during that time, like, was there something that you you did that were, like, were you into a sport, or were you into band, or was there something you were
1: into? Uh, not really. Uh, growing up in the Dallas and the Highland Park schools, in those years, only boys could be in the band. Okay. And only boys could play sports. Well, and that's And this just was me. during the war years. Okay. And as little money as possible could be spent on extracurricular activities. Okay. So I went first grade through ninth grade in the Highland Park school system. Okay. Which is a good system, but there wasn't anything like sports or band, band for girls. for
0: girls, okay. Did you have a lot of siblings?
1: No, I'm an only child. Your
0: only child. Did you, so back then was there a lot of playing in the neighborhoods and stuff like that?
1: Oh, yes. And there was gasoline rationing okay and my mother had an a sticker on her car which was something like five gallons a month so you didn't go far you played with kids in the neighborhood and i walked to school
0: oh really that's so amazing it's so different from now yes um okay so 14 what 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 happened there why did y'all move
1: well 14, it was in 1945, and War II was over. Okay. And my dad and mother are both from Paris. In fact, I'm a fifth generation Lamar Countyan. Oh, yay. And um, if you spell your name beard, B I A R D, I'm kin to you. Okay. And so my dad was an engineer for an oil company in Dallas, and he was frozen to the job during the war, as many professionals were. Okay. And he said when the war was over, he wanted to move back home, that he was tired of working for someone else. Okay. So the war was over in August of 45, and we moved to Paris. They moved back to Paris. I had never been here.
0: You had never been here at that point? I've been
1: here visiting with my grandparents many times, but I'd never lived
0: here. Okay, okay. So when y'all moved back, where, like, what part of Paris did y'all move to?
1: Uh, It was the end of the war, and Camp Maxey was here, and there were forty thousand people, and it was impossible to find a house. So we moved into my grandmother Williams's upstairs apartment and lived there until oh, for a year, until we could find another house. Okay, and as they began to close down Camp Maxey.
0: Okay, do you have any like fond memories of that time frame of Paris?
1: Very much. Um, It it was hard to move as a 14-year-old girl. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though I had lots of relatives here, I didn't know anybody my age in high school. Mm -hmm. So I decided to get involved in everything. And that's when I got involved in band and in yearbook and in every club imaginable, because I wanted to be part of. And I loved my three years Sophomore, junior, senior at Paris High School.
0: Paris High School. Now, where where was that built? Because it's not in obviously not in the building. It's in now. Where was their building at then?
1: The building is where uh, Liberty Bank is now. Okay. But instead of facing Mar Avenue, it faced uh, I believe that's Second Street, okay. and it faced west, and it was built after the Great Fire.
0: Okay. And that's downtown.
1: Yes downtown.
0: What was it like going to school downtown in in that time frame because it, it feels because I can only imagine what it's like here downtown now what was it like going to like high school downtown Paris, Texas?
1: well, it was great, and the school district didn't have any buses, so everybody either walked or had somebody in their family took them okay there was no parking lot for uh, high school kids to park their cars because most families didn't have money for more than one car, and after World War II, they had not made cars for five years, and so people mm. weren't able to to buy a new car. They weren't available.
0: Not not very not a low demand or a low supply of them. Right. Yeah.
1: I know that my mother and dad had bought a car in 1940, and they drove it till 1949 because there weren't any. I mean, that's not that long, but it was because there weren't any cars available
0: so what was down like what were some of the prominent stores downtown in that time frame
1: well just about everything of importance was on the plaza okay and sears was in the corner the the uh northeast corner of the square Mm -hmm. in the beautiful scott building Mm -hmm. sears was there and then across lamar avenue was plaza drug number one and then next to it was Cressis, and Cressis went around Plaza Drug, kind of L-shaped, and mm-hmm. it also had an opening on Lamar, and then the Collegiate Shop was on the east side of the square at that time, and then on the next corner, the corner of Clarksville, there was another drugstore called Corner Drug Store. Then on the south side of the square, there was... Belk's Department Store, only it was Perkins Brothers then, Mm -hmm. and then on the southwest uh, side of the, south side of the square, was uh, uh, Liberty National Bank, the one that eventually moved over where the Old Paris High School building
0: was. Gotcha. That's awesome.
1: And then there were five, six movie theaters downtown.
0: I, so Bobby's told me about this before how that there were so many movie theaters. Yes. Grand was one of them, right? Yes, but then there were several smaller ones that mm-hmm. were kind of all over, and a lot of that happened because of the war times and there were so many men here right that the, it was the it was one of the main things that they were able to do right. was go see so there that's why so many popped up in so many different places.
1: There was the main, which was on Main Street just about a half block off the plaza, mm-hmm. and then the plaza, which is there now, mm-hmm. and then the uh, Rex, which was on the west side of the square, about where a law office is now.
0: We're kind of close to 107? Yes. Yes. It's the Moffitt's Building or something the, like that. Uh,
1: and then there was one that you can still see the murals on the wall on Bonham Street, the Lamar.
0: Mm -hmm. It's it's a Coca-Cola mural? Mm
1: -hmm. Yep. And then there was one on Bonham called North Star that was just open on the weekends. I never went to it.
0: Oh, wow. Was that something uh, you did a lot in your high school time frame? That's awesome. Do you remember a favorite movie from that time period?
1: Yes. It was... um, so proudly we hailed. It came out in 43 or 44. It was about the nurses on Bataan and Corregidor. And, of course, it was made during the war. The movie industry was really engaged in lifting the morale of the mm-hmm. civilians. Mm-hmm. And it was a very moving story about the nurses who were, some of them, able to be evacuated before the Japanese came in.
0: That's awesome. Okay, so you your three years years here at Paris High, when you were coming close to graduating, did you have like a plan or an idea or a dream of what you were wanting to do?
1: Oh, I, I wanted to be a journalist. Really? And uh, my mother had graduated from Baylor, and she wanted me to graduate from Baylor. My dad an engineer had graduated from the University of Kansas. He's from Paris, but because of the good influence of a teacher at Paris High, who had been a Kansas graduate back in back in 1918, uh, he influenced my dad and his best friend, Ezra Love, of the Loves that live up on the river. Okay. Um, the Love Civic Center family loves. Aww. And they got on the train and rode to Lawrence, Kansas. And both of them got engineering degrees. So, but my mother graduated from Baylor and she had wanted me to go to Baylor. And I, I did and I enjoyed it very much. And I got to be editor of the campus newspaper. And awesome. do some other things like so that. So,
0: what did you go to school? Like what was your, uh, um, what was your education in?
1: Well, I majored in Journalism, okay. then I had a minor in English and a minor in History.
0: That's awesome. So you, in, in high school, you knew you wanted to go to, uh, to be a journalist, and you actually went and finished it. And you didn't change?
1: No, I didn't change.
0: That's amazing. So many, I feel like so many people nowadays change five times yes. before, they, before they finish. Um, okay, so you went through school. Um, was that easy? How, what was that like, being away from home?
1: It was hard at first um, but I, I knew I wasn't going to disappoint my parents by coming home. Mm. And uh, it was crowded. We had um, everybody, every girl at Baylor had to live on, on campus and they had not been able to build dorms during the war. I started college in September of 1948 And the war had been over three years, but they had not been able to build all the buildings they needed to. So there were three girls in every two-girl room, and uh, two closets, and two uh, sides of a desk, and a bunk bed. And uh, so I learned, after having grown up as an only child, I learned to share a room with, uh, not very big room, with two other girls.
0: I, I hadn't even considered that, being an only child and then having to go in and basically have two sisters. Right. Through, now, did, was that just one year, or did you have the same through all of school?
1: Um, through all of school, it seems like when I was a senior that we had only two girls to a room. But um, the others, it was three girls.
0: Awesome. So have you met your husband at this time in, in your life yet? No. Okay. Okay, don't let me pass that. I want to make sure okay. we, we throw that in there when we get there. Um, okay, so where you go through college, you graduate college. Yes. What was the plan there?
1: Well, actually, I finished in three and a half years because I wanted to get married.
0: Really, um, you met Carly, our, our our the girl that works here. Yes. She finished school super early too. I think she did two and a half years. Oh my goodness! Right? Isn't That's that impressive? Not easy. Yes
1: that's not easy
0: i love bragging about her because she we love having her here and she's so amazing but every chance i get i brag about her good um okay uh so did you were you dating someone at that time to marry because you or did you just know you wanted to find someone to marry no
1: i was already engaged oh okay um january of um 51 which was my junior year okay um I was going down to the Baylor Press to check on the newspaper. We published the Daily Lariat. It still publishes four days a week. It is a very uh, award-winning university newspaper. Okay. And I was going down to check on it. We said put it to bed every night. We printed from a flatbed press. Okay. So I went down. It was a Wednesday night. I missed Baylor religious hour. One of the few good things that ever happened to me by missing church And uh, I went, uh, but the girl who was editor had asked me if I could go down to the press and make sure everything was all right, because she was going out to dinner with her boyfriend and his mother. So I walked, we walked everywhere. Girls couldn't have cars at Baylor then, unless they were graduating seniors. Plus, families, most families just didn't have the money for Mm -hmm. a daughter to have a car. So uh, I walked, and of course it was dark, because it was January. I walked to the Baylor Press and uh, uh, one of the, we had two line of types. I don't know if you have any idea what that is. Um, They're made by a German company called Mergenthaler and they actually printed, made lines of type. The operator would sit in front of it and type a keyboard that is not the same as a typewriter keyboard. And instead of typing, uh, uh, mark on a piece of paper it pulled down a mold of a letter for instance uh, a B it would pull down the mold of the B and it would be the backward of the because it's a mold it's going to be the backward B and when you got to the end of the line you would have all these little letters and it would push into a mold against hot lead and you would come out with one line of type Uh, ready to print from and it would be different from all the little individual letters and you would print from the line of type and then when you finish the paper you would take all that type and remelt it into the machine and use it over and over again and in uh now the big newspapers printed from cylindrical presses but we printed from a flatbed press
0: that's awesome
1: so Anyway, one of the line of type operators had a brother who was going to school at Sam Houston in Huntsville, and he came up to see his brother, and he walked into the Baylor Press, and his brother introduced us, and uh, it was raining, so he asked if he could take me back to the dorm, and he did, and that's how it started.
0: That's how it started, and what's his name?
1: Norman Davis.
0: Norman Davis. So that's how you met your husband? Yes. That's amazing. So Okay, so... Y'all started dating when y'all, it was, while you were in college? Yes. Okay, and then so you rushed through college so that y'all could get married. That's amazing. Did, how, did he, how did he ask to marry? Did he ask your parents?
1: No, because they weren't in okay. Not for a while. Because he, he met them, of course. But, uh, no, I don't know if he ever formally asked.
0: <laughs> That's okay.
1: Yes. But... Um, we married April the sixth, nineteen fifty-two. Okay, and I went back in May to walk across the stage to get my oh. degree. I owed that to my parents. Yeah, to, to, do to that.
0: finish that. When I asked my, because I asked my wife's parents, and uh, I said, "I'm here to ask for her hand," and he said, "Why? It's her hand." <laughs> Ooh. Um. So. Uh. But. I asked them, and then um, we did the exact same thing she she uh, finished up school a week after her uh, gra- well a week after she finished class, we got married, and then we moved back to paris and then we traveled back for her to walk across the stage so that was pretty cool similar similar story yeah. um, okay, so you are married, you were finished with school. What was the plan for you two
1: well we he got a job in. El Campo, Texas mm-hmm. and he's, his major was ag and then um, uh, in two months we moved to Weimar, which is a German community between Schulenberg and Columbus and he was in a veterans program because after the war you could get your GI Bill and the government would send you to school okay. and if you were a farmer or rancher and didn't want to go to college then there were programs to help you with your uh with your agriculture decisions okay. and so norm taught ag to um men there in colorado county we loved it it was an area with lots of german people mm-hmm. and bohemian and I, we loved the area loved the people it was just really one of the most pleasant years of our whole life
0: and so that was one year mm-hmm. and then what'd y'all go after that year
1: uh we came back to paris and uh, he worked for a while here. And then he got on with Soil Conservation Service, U.S. Okay. government agency, okay. because of his ag background. Awesome. And we went to Lancaster, Texas, and we there about five years. We liked Lancaster. And then we went to Crowell, Texas, which is west of Vernon, west of Wichita Falls. And uh, here again, a different part of the state than I'd lived in. Wonderful people. Dry, dusty town, but wonderful people. Okay. In fact, everywhere we've lived, they've been wonderful people. And then we came back here in 1962. My dad had started and owned William Sporting Goods, and he asked if we would come back and, and go to work for him.
0: How long had he owned that?
1: He started it in
0: 1945. Okay. Wow i remember well we'll get there i remember fond memories of williams when i was a kid yes. but we'll, I'll, I'll get there later um so y'all did y'all come back and run run it
1: yes norm went to work for my dad okay. and learned the basics of the business and then he went on the road and uh, he would travel about three hundred and thirty thousand miles a year all day to the schools and he could fix anything and he installed glass backboards and scoreboards Back when scoreboards were mechanical instead of
0: digital. digital okay. He
1: could fix them when they were mechanical. And then when they were digital, he would take the main brain, that always amused me, that mm. name.
0: The main brain? The
1: main brain, and oh. send it back to the company. And then he uh, sold uniforms and balls and just all the many things. And eventually rushed forward a few years. I also went to work at the business, and I, I sold letter jackets.
0: That was, that, so that, I I don't mean to fast forward, but that was my memory, is going and getting in like, my letter jacket, yes. and how, like, proud I was, and how, like, just the the feeling that I had getting to show up, and I was a cross-country runner, so I got the little, like, uh, shoe and wing on my on my uh, letter, and it, I don't know, it was just, it was a fond memory for me growing up and being able to earn that jacket.
1: I have to tell you something. On one of the walls in our den is a framed picture of a chenille letter C with a cross-country insert. My husband grew up in Concord, New Hampshire. Really? And he was on the state-winning uh, cross-country team when he was a senior.
0: That's awesome.
1: And he still has the letter from his letter jacket in 1943.
0: I still have my jacket. I, 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 have, some, I have three boys, um, uh, 11 to 3, and I hope that one of them will want to wear it when they, when they get to the right age to right. wear it. So I, I kept mine as well. And my wife kept hers, but she was a bulldog in Colorado. So she, her, hers are purple and gold, not blue and gold. Right. So, but. Awesome. Okay, so what year around was this when you, you and your husband were working at Williams?
1: Well, he did from 62 on for many years. Okay. I, uh. Took time off to have another baby and then started teaching at Paris High School in 65. Okay. Downtown. And I taught English and journalism. So,
0: the same school you graduated for, you went and taught at? Yes. That's cool.
1: Yes, it was. I love that building. It was built by people who knew how to build buildings before air conditioning. Mm. Yep. High windows. I don't ever remember being hot in that building, really. Really? And transoms over the door. Do you know what a transom is?
0: I don't know what a transom is. I'm sorry.
1: Okay. And it's a, a piece of glass above a window. And okay. usually you can crank it open. So okay. above a door, an inside door.
0: I know exactly what you're talking about. And I can see it, but yes, I didn't know the name of yes. it.
1: And so I got to teach English and journalism. And then we had a paper, uh, The Cat's Meow. And it came out every Sunday in the Paris News and we won best in the state for our for our uh enrollment.
0: Okay, I love the name. I mean, as you know our our company's name is Dead Cat, but that's because um I don't know if y'all know this, but I'm going to tell a story real quick. The little fuzzy ball that goes on top of the microphone, actually there's one right over there by Leah. Um that's called a dead cat because it just resembles kind of a furry lying there uh animal um so that's why we named our our company dead cat but the cat's meow i feel like we need to steal that for something A <laughs> love later movie.
1: they revived it but not for too long
0: not for too long that's awesome uh okay kids how many kids did y'all end up having four, four kids mm-hmm. um and uh how many boys and girls
1: two boys and two girls two
0: boys and two girls
1: and uh we have are you ready for this? Uh-oh. There are 49 of us.
0: 40 total. That's is that grandkids and kids and oh wow. And greats. And greats. 18 greats. 18 greats. What an amazing family.
1: For a little girl who was an only an child. An
0: only child. And now you've got a whole a whole group of them. That's amazing. A great blessing. That's a that's an amazing blessing. Okay, so you all had kids. Uh, did you ever work at any other uh, newspapers or, or journalist jobs?
1: When I first graduated from Baylor, I went to work for the Baptist Standard, which is okay. the state Baptist paper of Texas. Okay. And I probably would have been there a long time, but we decided to get married, and so I had to, it was in Dallas, my okay. job was. And then I worked very briefly for a newspaper in El Campo. We weren't there very long. And then when we got to Weimar I worked at the school. they had no openings for teachers, but I was the i I was the secretary to the superintendent, and I kept study hall and I was the official substitute and I did that sort of thing and My favorite job of all times was in weimar i was I worked for a cotton buyer for about six weeks during cotton season okay and that was so much fun okay I learned a lot on that uh uh, I was the only lady in the building, and I just really did learn. Uh, we were new to the community, and I learned uh, learned a lot of people that were different, had you know very different from growing up from mm-hmm. what I'd had. Yeah, and uh, just really great people, and that was a very different job, but a fun job. Awesome
0: okay so uh you're uh, you're in paris you were working at the at the paris uh high school again mm-hmm. or well not again but you were back there again um and what's what's happening in in paris at that time in that stage of of life
1: uh, it's uh let me see of course we now we now um we still have the paris high downtown mm-hmm And it's the plaza is losing some of its magnetism. For a while, everything was on the plaza. In fact, I had a good friend in high school that lived over on 3rd Southwest. And on Saturdays, they would bring their car to town and park it around the plaza and walk home. And then come back that evening and sit in the car and watch the people go by. This is what, I mean, the plaza was the center of everything. But then it began to, oh, I don't know what what year they opened Mirabeau Square. Mirabeau, yeah. Pardon me, well, that's what it was then. Yeah. <laughs> and when they started building these other shopping centers. Okay. And th- that was different. And then teenagers began to get more cars and they were able to, um, I guess there was more more traffic than there had been when I was growing up when, that, when each family didn't have four and five cars. Mm-hmm and then um i think the they say kids were different i don't know i didn't notice it that much my own kids mm-hmm. we always um found our most of our friends at church and the our children were in youth groups at church as i had been when i was a little girl and that's um that's just very special and a special way to grow up with most of your friends in church and uh, And and school. Yeah. And uh, after I left Paris High, I took off about a year and then went to work at Crockett and taught Texas history, seventh grade, and had the yearbook. Once you're a journalism major, you're always always a journalist. Yes. And I love Texas history, and I still teach it to anybody who will listen.
0: That's amazing. Um, I, I, I will say this. I've had several, if not half a dozen to a dozen people, tell me that you need to be on this podcast because of your knowledge of the history of paris and the knowledge of history in general oh my so goodness. so you've you've rubbed that off onto other people and they they know that about you um which is awesome and i'm excited that you're here um okay sorry that was just i, I wanted to say that um okay did you all your kids go to paris too paris high yes or paris yes. school district
1: um my dad graduated from paris high in 1919, he was the first class to graduate from the, from the building that was built after the fire. Okay. It opened in the fall of 1918, but of course that was the close of War One and also the horrible flu epidemic. But he was able to finish in 1919. I graduated from that building in 48. Our older son, John, graduated in 71. Daughter, Susan, graduated in 72 son Jim graduated in 74 and that was the last year for the building. So my dad graduated the first class out of that building and our son Jim graduated the last year out of that building.
0: That's crazy.
1: And then our Sally graduated from uh, what is now Paris Junior High. Okay. And uh, I loved my years teaching at Crockett but I left because we had four children to educate and Mm -hmm. it seemed like I could do more for the family financially working in the family business okay so i did and i loved going to the schools and i um, measured a lot of jackets and did the pr and did radio commercials for the business and i always ended by commercials you Now i started out with this is patsy davis at williams sporting goods and then i'd end with in beautiful downtown paris
0: that's awesome um, now, one of, your, one of your sons runs Williams now, yes, right? Yes, Jim. Jim. So th- that's also kind of uh, kind of a unique thing for a business to stay in the family for that long. Yes, it's somewhat unheard of right. this day and age as well. That's kind of a cool thing. Yes. Um. The how had what what has been the the evolution of Williams from when it started to where it is now.
1: Well, when we started, it was more of a hardware as well as sporting goods.
0: Oh, I did not know that.
1: And right after the war, well, my dad bought it in October of 45, um, everything was hard to get. I mean, you, he he would patch basketballs till it was patches on top of patches because there weren't any new ones for him to get to sell to the schools. And I can remember selling, or later, a little later, or when we came back, selling junior high uniforms for like $10 a piece, shorts and tops. And the schools, most of the smaller schools who were our customers, didn't have the money. And then it seems that athletics got to be more important Mm -hmm. and schools have more money now for athletics. And I think that's a good thing because a lot of kids, go to school and stay in school because they want to participate in athletics. Mm-hmm. Everybody can't be uh, an honor graduate.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And so it's important for them to um, be able to participate in athletics. And as I said, when I was in Paris High, the only thing a girl could do athletically was tennis. And one of my uh, classmates... Uh, norma lawrence staples finished first in the state in tennis awesome but we had a wonderful band floyd weger who was band director at paris high for years and years and i loved being in the high school band
0: that's awesome i'm sad that they didn't allow girls to be in more back then because i know that they're like even my business partner leah who's here like she's an amazingly talented female and like I couldn't do half the things that we're a capable to do capable of doing in this business without her being a part of this business um and I just I I hate if I hate that back then that that people may not have been able to find their passion because they weren't allowed to do it in school you know um I I kind of talk about this a little bit in school granted not as far back but like we didn't have the resources to have cameras and, and stuff at my age that we had one camera in the school. So I didn't really get to like experiment with a camera and learn that I loved as much as I do working with a camera until I was much older. Um, and had, had I had that in school, I might've been able to go a lot further, a lot earlier in life. So just kind of relating that to women of your age, and not being able to do anything except for tennis and, and band. Um, I'm, 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 I'm sad that that was the way it was.
1: Well, you're talking about cameras. Um, when I was in Paris high school and we had the cats meow, we did not even <laughs> have a camera. And I was dependent upon the owl staff, the yearbook staff okay. to take pictures for me. And then, um, when I, uh, When I had been in Baylor, I had a course in photography, and we had those huge speed graphic cameras. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but you would slide the film in, and it would be five by seven, and uh, that is how, how big the picture would be. And it's, I lugged that thing around the, the Baylor campus for a, at least five months. Is I it
0: kind of like a bigger, a bigger Polaroid type thing? Except you like slide a cartridge in there, take the picture, and mm-hmm. then you can slide the cartridge.
1: It's not instant, of course. It, right, we, right. Then we would go and develop the film and print the pictures. That right, was, that was fun getting to do that.
0: I think we might have one kind of like that here, actually, somewhere in the building. We have one that's kind of a bigger one like that, and I think it takes like a cartridge in the side of right. it. Uh, I have at, the, at my house, my, my wife gets mad at me. I have a whole bunch of old cameras all over the house. People usually give them to me or I find them at garage sales or something like that. So I have a whole bunch of stuff like that. That is neat. Um, that's neat. Most of them, I think I have one that still works. Most of them don't work though, but that's okay. Okay, so um, trying to transition to uh, your kids are are graduating from from paris paris school district um i don't know tell me some of the things that 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 you love about paris and some of the things that like stand out in history about paris let's go down that road
1: okay uh when the kids graduated from high school in 71 72 74 and uh 81 course three of them graduated from the high school downtown Mm -hmm. and uh, as I said things were changing in that the shopping area was different they were had had built the shopping center and the plaza was no longer the heart and soul of the of the city Mm -hmm. and I I, that happened in all towns Mm -hmm. you know I grew up in Dallas and look at all the shopping centers out I think maybe downtown Dallas is coming back but for years it, it it was not the shopping center it had been, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that's true of most towns in Texas. So, that was that was different. And then, um, one of the things I haven't mentioned and I have to, is the Lamar County Historical Society. Okay, because that's that's my th- Our things now. Um, I just always loved history because when I was a little girl, my parents loved history, and. We certainly didn't have money growing up, but they took me to the Alamo in San Antonio and they took me to Houston Mm -hmm. to um, the San Jacinto Monument. And they talked history. And then in 1936, there was the centennial. It was the 100th anniversary of Texas independence. And it was the huge fair in Dallas. It lasted six months. President Roosevelt came to town in May, and Mother and Daddy took me to the parade to see him. I cannot tell you for sure if I saw him or not, but we went to the parade. And the fair was open for six months. And that's when they built, uh, the year before, they built those gorgeous buildings that are that is Fair Park in Dallas mm-hmm. to get ready for the centennial that lasted six months. And it um, glorified Texas history because it was a hundred years of Texas independence, and of course it was also during the depression, and it was a way to try to get out of the depression and and get people if possible out to, to spend a little money they probably didn't have out to the fair to see it so I learned began learning about Texas history uh, when we my dad would get home in the evening from work, <clears throat> sometimes we would go out to the fair. And they had coupon books, I still have one at home, of like 10 and 15 cents. And uh, you could get into the fair for little or nothing if you bought one of those at the beginning of the year. And you could eat supper for 15 cents. And all of the buildings were air conditioned. And 1936 was one of the hottest summers on record in Texas. And we lived in an upstairs apartment. So you can imagine the fun of going somewhere that was cool and all our relatives in Paris wanted mm-hmm. to come to the fair and nobody had money for tourist courts so they all stayed with us and we took them to the fair so that summer stands out to me and I think mm-hmm. that's when I really began my love of Texas history
0: that's awesome
1: and uh, then there's been oh just many then I got to teach Texas history and I've just I've I have such an appreciation for these people who came here against many odds and who settled the land and farmed it. And um, some of my own ancestors came by flat boat from northern Alabama with a whole family and chickens and cows and landed on a sandbar in the Red River north of Clarksville in August when the river was low. Of course, there was no Denison Dam, so the river's height fluctuated. And so many thousands of people had relatives that came that way. And it's, um, I think we need to appreciate them. We need to know why they came and what the kind of grit that they were made of. Well, a group of people here had a Lamar County Historical Society. We got involved about the year 2000. And the late Dr. William Hayden was one of the guiding forces. Of course, he was a Louisianian, but he loved history. And um, he got a small group of men together to start building a museum. And my husband was one of them, and they worked for over five years to turn a, um, just a warehouse down at the Bottom Street Depot into a beautiful museum. They did all of the work except some of the electrical work that had to be done by... Uh, professional electricians and we opened uh, I believe in in 2007 and we have the most fascinating collection of um, memorabilia Mm -hmm. including the original smile sign from the great fire of Mm 1960 and so many things and including the beard house the oldest house in Lamar County and uh, it's
0: it's in the actual museum
1: they took down the side of the museum to bring the house in Hmm. they had to take the chimney off and the roof off but the house itself has never been taken apart wow because they were able to take it in uh just really took the side of the museum off to bring it in and um i wish that we could interest more school groups to come through um we have more people really from the Dallas Fort Worth area that come mm-hmm. almost than we do local people and i i wish that more people were interested in in their history
0: mhm well i've actually been in there uh i've shot i think a couple of videos in there um the the there's a few things that i remember as well there's a whole military room in there yes. that just just kind of Talks about all different uh, time frames of military, yes. which is really cool. Uh, another thing I loved seeing was the original, or not the original, but one of the first uh, Sonic signs. Yes. And it still lights up.
1: Oh, and, yeah. And the booth like, they would put, not booth, whatever they'd put there by your car. Mm-hmm. And the 25 cent hamburgers.
0: Yep. Yeah. So that, and the sign's still up there and yes. you can still see the prices on it. Yeah. So that's one I, 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 um, uh, that stuck out to me. There's a whole area for um uh like metalworking back in the very back yes. behind behind the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was really cool. There's some train stuff in there that's really cool. Wonderful train stuff. Um and if I remember correctly, they told me that like everything there has been donated or given to the museum. That is right. So you aren't out buying a whole bunch of stuff. You're 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 taking the history that's there and giving it a
1: home and we can't take anything on loan because we had to make that decision a long time ago that you were, uh, with insurance and all, you just, we just couldn't. Mm -hmm. There's some really neat things we had to say no to, but we Mm -hmm. have to accept accept what it's given to us. One of the neatest things we have, and you probably saw it but didn't know what it was, in the front room is a machine about mm, five feet high, that was at um famous shoe store okay and it was a an x-ray machine and when you would go you would take your child there are two sides of it and the little the child would climb up on one side and stick his or her feet under in here and the shoe salesman and the mama would be on the other side And they would turn on the x-ray, and it would actually x-ray the child's feet and say, wiggle your toes, and you could see the toes wiggling in the shoes to see if the shoes were big enough.
0: Oh, that's crazy. And
1: I can remember that as a child, and it it was there for years. And finally, the federal government shut it down (laughs) because these people, I mean, x-ray can be dangerous. We didn't know then that x-ray could be dangerous. Yep. And so I don't know of another one of those I'm sure somewhere there is one. Right. But that is really something that's so different from our culture now to think about when we're so careful about everything uh, that uh, we actually let our children stick their feet in this x-ray machine. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, that's a neat thing. And then, as you said, the military room, that's so special. We have uniforms from each of the branches of services. Mm -hmm. And... um, we have a, a Nazi flag that was uh, captured by our friend, the late Quentin Hawkins, who was a tank driver in Patton's Army Corps. And um, they were told to be very careful in taking down Nazi flags off of poles because they might be booby-trapped. But he...
0: He did it anyway.
1: And we have it in our museum.
0: That's cool.
1: And so many other things. We have information about Bass Reeves. And uh, the uh, black constable who uh, was uh, over in the Oklahoma Territory uh, chasing fugitives. Mm-hmm. And there's a statue of him inside the courthouse. And we have information about him. And then um, so many people who have contributed to to this area. Mm-hmm. And we have famous paintings by... Um, oh here's my senior moment we'll we'll go back to that okay
0: <laughs> well i just know there there i mean there's several hours worth of things to to look at and read and and see right. and and i mean it's it's uh, it's one of those things like it's so there's so much more to it than what th- from the outside you look at it and you don't really know how deep right. and how how much there is there right. to go see it's a really cool it's a really cool space and you're right, more kids should probably go and check it out and, and, and see their history in there.
1: I'm a teacher, but I and I know that they're, everything's clamoring for the teacher's attention, mm-hmm. but a, an hour or two spent in that museum would be equal to about five or six hours at least of my
0: teaching, my teaching yes. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So, uh, and uh, the people at the front, I can't remember the name, is it? Who's the Who's the lady and husband that were up were up there? Is it Norm? Nor?
1: Well, Patsy and Cl- and Clyde Daniels. Yes, yes, they are remarkable. Yes,
0: and they were very smart. They yes, know a lot of a lot of the history in there. Absolutely, um, they they were great. They were they were the ones I worked with when I went up there to shoot Good. shoot a video. Good. So
1: somebody shot a video when I was there once, right before the pandemic started. Okay, I mean, like the week. Of the pandemic, and then we were, of course, we were closed for months because, well, I think most of the museums in the area closed. Yeah, yeah, and you're if, right. if we weren't closed, nobody wanted to come.
0: Yeah, so
1: what have I not told you about?
0: Well, I can't think of anything.
1: Um, I love Paris, Texas. I'm so glad that my dad and mother moved here mm-hmm. when I was 14. I'm glad that I graduated from Paris High School. I'm glad that we were able to have a family business here and be involved. The I wish everybody could ha- find this commitment to be involved. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I read one time that service is the price we pay for the space we occupy. I love that. And I, I believe that um a lot of people did a lot to bring paris texas to where it is now Mm -hmm. and i think that um we ought to do all we can to help further uh the good things in paris i agree um, i'm so glad i don't live in dallas now oh me
0: i'm so glad that you're here too and and thank you so much for agreeing to be on my podcast
1: you have been such a delight. Thank you so much for asking me.
0: Well, I loved hearing your story and I love I love your passion and your heart for your community and for the history of your community. Um, you're right, we need we, we had so many great people build Paris up and we need so many great people to help us continue to build it. Um, and I hundred percent believe in that.
1: I'd like to show you something. I don't know if it'll show up on the camera or not. But this locket uh, was my grandmother's. It has a W on the back. I my see maiden that. Name, my maiden name was Williams. This is my paternal grandmother. And inside, there's a picture of a lady on one side, and on the other is a picture of her hands. Okay. Actually, this was worn by my grandfather. Because you think about it, Broadway, you wouldn't wear your own picture. I, I had to, you know, yep. I said it's my grandmother's locket, but he wore it on his watch fob. You think pictures of old men back at the turn of the century, the other century, and they would have chains mm-hmm. going from one side to the other. And he wore this, the locket with his wife's picture in it. And it's probably 105 years old. And uh, it. I don't wear it all the time because I'm fearful I might lose it, but it reminds me of the legacy that I have Mm -hmm. and that maybe someday one of my grandchildren or great-grandchildren will have a picture of me with them Mm -hmm. and this was my grandmother, this was my great-grandmother and she loved Paris and uh, she loved Jesus and uh, I'm proud to be her child.
0: I think that will definitely happen. I mean, because of the way you've raised your children, which will inherit be the way they raise their children. I think they're gonna they're gonna have the same passion and heart and love for their community, as and and their, and their history and their and their family as you did.
1: I hope so. Thank you.
0: Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.